This is the Random Nintendo Podcast, episode 36, for February 20th. I am Kevin, and to my virtual left, as always, is Jason. Hello. Long time no Arnon. Yep, and to my virtual right is Angel. What's up? Jason, we are recording this on a Thursday. Have we ever recorded on a Thursday night? Um, For any of the podcasts? Yeah, we have. Yeah. Yeah. We have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have. Pretty sure we've recorded at least like once in every day of the week. I don't think we've done... Tuesday. No, we have done Tuesday during E3. Yeah, I think we've done every day of the week. We have completed the set. So unless they invent more days to the week, we have caught them all. I'm wondering if that would be a bad thing or a good thing, adding like an extra day of the week. If it's a weekend mm, day, it's... sure. If it's a weekday day, Oh, yeah. No. Huh. Wait, did you introduce oh. Angel? Or did you just go right into when we last recorded on Thursday? No, I, I introduced Angel. Oh, I'm sorry, Angel. Hello, Angel. You're off your rocker. You're, you're already am. in VK mode, aren't you? I'm what? what? Yes, yes. You're already in vacay mode. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is true. All right. Yeah. Once I signed off from work a few hours ago for the next four days, I'm done. My brain's turned off. I will be speaking what, gibberish what are you halfway back? through this show. Uh, I'm going to be in Utah for a few days. No, but when are you back? Oh, when? I, uh, I was trying going. not to dox you. Oh, I dox myself. It's cool. Um, I'm back. Well, now I'm really doxing, so I'll be in the state of Utah, and I'll be flying back on Monday. So if you want to track flights from Utah to L.A., you might find me. Oh, well, that's where you chose to spend your vacation? <laughs> it's, uh, we're visiting my Utah. girlfriend's family. We're visiting members of my girlfriend's family. So, And I haven't been in snow so that's in what you chose time, to so. spend doing your vacation? Yep. Visiting family in Utah? Yep. Meeting, is this yep. your first time meeting the in-laws? Uh, no, I've, I've met them all, but we're visiting... Um, I'm not going to get into the details, but no, I've met them all already, yeah. You're going to Zion, I assume, right? Uh, no, I, well, I, I've been, but what? no, I think we're going to be flying into Salt Lake. God, I swear, this is such like a, we're going to be flying into Salt Lake, someone's going to be doxing me, and uh, then staying a little bit outside of Salt Lake and probably swing by Park City at some point. So hey, if you listen to this on Sunday, I already would have done these things, but if you're listening to this the day it goes up and go back in time, you may see me in Park City briefly. Just saying. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, according to our friends, Donda 2 is out now. What? Yeah. Do we really have breaking... Wait. Breaking Kanye news. Donda 2 well, is out. They threw an ish in there, but what is the ish? Yeah, hold on. Have we ever had this breaking of news? Now listen, we should clarify real quick. Oh, it's on his stem player. What stem player? It's not out. It will only be available on his STEM player. So Kanye made... First of all, Kanye's been doing some crazy harassment of Kim Kardashian lately. So let's just put that disclaimer there. Like, that's not cool. Um, but no, he made this product with these other com- with this other company that it's a little... Uh, they call it the STEM player. And basically, you have four directions you can swipe your finger on this little round mound. And this little round mound outputs music. And depending on which way you swipe, you can take out the bass. You could take out the drums. You could take out the vocals. You can literally edit things on the fly just by swiping on this little orb, flat orb. And what he's now saying is if you want to listen to his new album, it looks like at least for the immediate future, the only way to do it will be, not currently, but will be on his STEM player, which you can order now at stemplayer.com. Do you have one? No, it's like $200 or something. So no. Buddy, you you purchase Apple products. Yeah, but those have more than one use. Like, I can't see myself mixing music on the fly. Like, I'm not going to be sitting on my, like, working 
with like one thumb I mean, on a like stem a player cool being like karaoke machine. It's perfect for karaoke. Yeah. And what's kind of interesting is so it comes preloaded with a bunch of Kanye stuff, but including apparently Donda too, but, um, it has a website where you can upload any music and it uses algorithms to like drop out the vocals, basically the same editing stuff we do to like, you know, fix our vocal levels or take out, you know, do a noise gate for the background or whatever. It does that for any song you upload and they can just uh, like load it to, through the cloud to your device and kind of mix any song. So split into the four different stems of the track for you, which is interesting. But I, I don't really like I don't. It's the same with like Mario Maker. Like I don't I prefer my Mario levels pre-built. I prefer my music pre-made. I want to sit there and like mix it or unmix it or remix it or whatever. So that's a neat gadget. How do you get, how do you get songs onto there? Well, you go to the stem player website and then you upload them to your computer. And I guess through either Bluetooth via the website somehow or via the cloud. I'm not quite sure. They actually can load them onto the device up to a certain amount of storage. Oh. Yeah. But it comes preloaded with Dondo 1 um, as well as I think the Jesus is King al- album from Kanye's I'm Now Christian phase. When, which he's already sort of stepping back from the loyal because he's swearing again on features on other songs now. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting idea. I can see why he's trying to juke the sales of it by doing this breaking news of him saying it will be on the stem player when it comes out. But, uh, I give it a week before it shows up on streaming. Maybe two. I wouldn't be surprised if it shows up tonight, like just ripped or something. I mean, it's not out. So, so to be clear, it's not actually out yet. All he's saying is it will be on the stem player. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, because everything's future tense in his post. And if you go to the website, there's zero reference to it or, you know, to it having Donda 2 on it. So this is him just like Instagramming a thing. Wait, so um, is this thing out then? Is the stem like, player's been out since last out? summer. It came out with Donda 1. Yeah. It sounds like what he's saying is they're going to distribute it through whatever that website is, the new album. So you could put it on your stem player. And if you don't have a stem player, now's the time to buy one in time for 2.22.22 for Donda 2. That seems to be kind of the subtext of what he's saying here. So. Huh. Yes. Uh, I looked up deal, stem player uh... on Google, and one of the top links is, I wish anyone other than Kanye had made the stem player. No, it's really cool. Like the tech, it's a, it's a fun, it's like a yak back. Remember yak backs in the 2000s where you could like no, manipulate yak backs? Dude, what? you missed out. There's literally something called the yak back 2000 and you talk into it and then you can reverse it and you can up pitch it and down pitch it and just kind of play with it. And it's little, it's this little like handheld device with a mic and a speaker. And it was like for kids, obviously it's like a little walkie talkie that you can like mess with. But this is basically that for any music you have. And then also to be able to basically do like amateur DJing with just swiping your thumb around. Like it is really cool tech if you're into that sort of stuff. But it is associated with Kanye who's been having some eventful weeks, shall we say. Uh, and it is weirdly the color of human skin, the device. So there's also that. It's the color of human skin. Yeah. So all the prototypes were different shades of beige and they kind of settled on a specific shade of beige. And apparently to the touch. It kind of has like a soft silicone, almost skin-like texture. So it's almost like you're, it's an extension of you, but it's a little weird in that regard. So. Okay. I've, my interest yeah. in this thing has just dropped. <laughs> but no, but the tech, the tech is actually really cool on, on some level. If it was like 50, 60 bucks, sure. But like 200 or whatever the price is seems a bit much for what it does. It's very limited use. Sounds very disgusting. I might, Anything the skin thing wanna... might be slightly exaggerated just to be clear, but. Okay, well. I've yet to hold one we can, myself. We, so. we, we can leave that. We can leave that. We can just stop touching. Oh, no, it's, 
Oh, I'm already done with this episode. Okay. Anything else you <laughs> want to touch on before we, uh, um, before we well, get into it? If we're talking media, can I just give a quick shout out to how fun the last week has been for like that's media announcements? That's all we do announcements? on this podcast. We, what? That's all we do. All we do is talk about No, media. but I mean like new upcoming stuff. Like Paramount announced a ton of stuff. Like Disney did the Chippendale trailer. Like obviously the Super Bowl and all the like media blitz around that and the halftime show. Like it's been a good week if you like consuming pop culture or have want pop culture to like look forward to. So specifically Chippendale. Do you guys see the trailer for that? I have not. Angel? Dude. What did you think yeah, of it, Angel? It seemed pretty cool. I mean, I was the biggest fan of Chippendale growing up. Didn't necessarily find anything wrong with it. It just, I just didn't watch it. That's kind of, it's kind of bad. I just straight up didn't watch it. So they did basically the one thing that would have got me interested in it. Because it seems like you don't have to have seen the original. You just have to kind of know that they were a thing. And I mean, the story could have been applied to anything, but... The concept is cool. It, I mean, it just looks like a spiritual successor to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Which it's not being subtle about, but. Yeah, I mean, literally, Roger mean, Rabbit's Looking forward to checking it out. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm oh. a fanboy of The Lonely Island, so that immediately had my attention. And also, I like meta stuff, so that had my attention. And I like Roger Rabbit, so that had my attention. So yeah, this thing is like, I wasn't the biggest Chippendale Rescue Ranger viewer in the. You know, I didn't watch it much as a kid. I saw it every now and then. So I think it looks amazing. People that are huge fans seem to think it looks like a complete mess. And I will concede that it looks like it's either going to be amazing or absolutely terrible with no in-between. But I'm leaning on Sandberg and Co. making something amazing because their track record is solid in my books. So so Rescue so Rangers. I've never, seen, hmm. I've never seen Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And confession time, I've also never seen Roger Rabbit, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's good. Yeah. It's It's... I feel like if you like because we've seen stuff that mixes cartoons and live action, and we've seen mess stuff where like the cartoons are where the cartoon, you know, Space Jam, and like like it it doesn't have quite the same woe as it did when I watched it as a kid. Granted, I didn't I was alive when it came out, but it was one of the first types of movies I saw like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's really well done. It's kind of like a parody of of Hollywood and animation and all that, and just as kind of like a, a mystery. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably yeah. not see it unless somebody, like, unless I'm over at somebody's house and somebody puts it on. Fair. Yeah, we'll, totally we'll watch fair. it. We'll watch it sometime. It's, I would say it's definitely one of my favorite movies, so I'll make oh, sure to watch it at some point. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, you came into my room recently. I have a giant Roger Rabbit poster and also just got the Steelbook recently as well. And Angel, you, you would, my, my kind of description of it is pretty accurate, right? Like, if someone who's more passionate about it than me, it sounds like, like, was there, Am I missing anything in describing it? That's pretty much what it is, right? Wait, as someone who is as passionate about it you, as you? No, you you are more passionate about it than me. So would you say my description I gave was accurate, or am I leaving out like a piece of the Roger Rabbit puzzle here that makes it such a good movie? I don't know. I Personally, I wouldn't say it's lost its wow factor for being as old as it is, um, Especially compared to other modern things, if anything, I don't know. I feel like it still looks better than a lot of older than a lot of newer stuff. But I don't know. That could also be nostalgia or some bias talking. But just like from an animation standpoint, just the way like they're in post. Because I mean, cartoons, you know, in the real world, because they're not hiding the fact they're cartoons, the fact they are just animated there, like it, it's it looks the way it it is gonna look. Like I don't know. I think they did a, a really great job, and not to mention they had. The animation of Richard Williams in it, which just elevates it to a whole new level. But yeah, 
I would say definitely looking forward to it. Is uh is the Cuphead show out yet? I Reviews don't are think so. Reviews are. Yeah, I, I think the show's out this week. Maybe by the time this is posted, this episode. But yeah, the reviews came out. I think tail end of last week. Yeah. Okay. And they how's seem, that reviewing then? I think it's like lukewarm. <laughs> Basically, it seems like I only read one or two, but it seems like it's like oh, it it when it's trying to be like Cuphead, it's good. When it's trying to be more like a modern cartoon in terms of the like, you know, the like rapid fire rat wackiness, like the rat, you know, the like YouTube generation pacing it kind of falters a little because it moves away from the source material. At least from someone... That's kind of from a reviewer who is a big fan of the game or two. Um, you know, one or two reviewers. I, I imagine if you're looking at it just as a cartoon on its own, it probably stands just fine. Interesting. That'll be... Yeah, yeah I wasn't too big of a... Whoops. I wasn't too big a fan of uh, that style that they went. I, I wish they kind of kept it a little bit more more in line with the actual uh, game, yeah. but... Yeah, you could you could see it drift into like modern cartoon territory, even in just like how it's put together. Yeah, yeah. So, this is what it is. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, uh, let's get into it. We have no way of structuring this as always, so I'm just going to spin the wheel that I made like five minutes before we uh before we start recording this. You guys can't hear the. the yeah, does it have a sound effect? Do we need to make a sound effect like a for you or something? Uh. I mean, I'll I will manually put it in the podcast, but you guys are definitely not going to hear it. Oh, you are going to add a sound. Okay, so I yeah, just, I, can add I a just sound. for nothing then. Okay, fair. Yeah, essentially, I have already spun it. All right, and it landed on Peacemaker. Oh, okay. That's I, you, Jason. Yeah, as if I didn't talk enough already this episode. Uh, yeah. So I need to keep this vague because the finale just came out as of this recording today, and uh, I don't want to spoil anything. So I'm just gonna say. That I had zero expectation. Well, first of all, have you guys heard any of the buzz about Peacemaker in terms of like if it? Have you heard anything? Just that it's not great and not worth watching. That's what I keep hearing, but that uh-huh. hasn't really deterred me. Like the trailers made it seem interesting, so I still plan on checking it out. But now, are you saying that facetiously because you know what I'm about to say, or are you saying that seriously? You just asked what I heard. I mean, that doesn't mean you could agree or disagree. With no, that's that. not okay. Okay. Um, I've heard nothing but uh, great things about it. See, that's what the general vibe I've gotten is, independent of me watching it. So I'm kind of Angel. Where are you? Who are your sources? But anyway, yeah, it uh, it is not surprisingly good. Ones. It what was that? No, I just said not mainstream ones. Oh, okay. But yeah, it it. So when I watched Suicide Squad, if we rewind the clock a bit, it, when I watched Suicide Squad, I don't think Peacemaker was my favorite character. I don't think I really cared much about him, and I don't think that when they announced the Peacemaker show, I even batted an eye. I mean, every Marvel show, stuff like Gotham, like I was there first episode. This one, I think it took me two weeks to be like, I guess I'll check it out just because the positive buzz was starting to build. But I am extremely glad I did. And maybe it was because I went in with zero expectation because, you know, who cares about Peacemaker, but it is James Gunn just being full James Gunn. He has complete creative freedom. He does all the things you expect in terms of like the humor and like kind of the the dialogue and the way it integrates music um, in the same way that Guardians would do, you know, kind of the 70s, 80s stuff in the same way that Suicide Squad did more modern stuff mixed in. Um, this one does metal, hair metal, 80s metal, parody of metal, like kind of just like, not really, actually, metal's the wrong word. Hard rock. Like, uh, hair, hair metal is how I should probably say it. Um, and it's all over it, and it, you know, they, 
the theme song is literally a dance routine set to a hair metal song with every cast the member part awesome. of the dance. I have seen that. Yeah, and yeah, that like that's awesome. good. Like the the way it's like crucial to the characters and like they bond over the music kind of reminds me of like the mixtape stuff in Guardians. Um, like it's just very well integrated in a way that I feel like has kind of become James Gunn's signature. And likewise, the mix of like violence and humor is just really good. And the and the way they sort of build out peacemaker as a character and give him some depth beyond you know what we saw in suicide squad go is a lot better than i thought it would be i thought the character was not one note you know they show him have some moral struggles in the tail end of uh suicide squad but like this really builds on that and i think what it does particularly well while trying to keep it vague here is it doesn't just build on it as like oh here's this little side story about peacemaker when you start the first episode, it literally does previously on the Suicide Squad and sums up the movie, and it just picks up right where it left off. And it's as if you're watching kind of a side Suicide Squad 2. Like, it's not trying to be this little other story. It's not this thing that, like, you can skip and be okay. Like, it, there are direct implications from the beginning all the way through the finale that tie directly back into Suicide Squad and into, you know, just DC as a property and everything. And it's it's really well done. Like, I was really surprised. And I think partly why it was so well done is that DC gave James Gunn just complete and total freedom to do whatever he wanted. I mean, it's violent. It's It has bizarre jokes. It, you know, it has, they rendered, I assume it's a rendered, maybe it's a puppet partly, but they have Eagly, which is um John Cena's pet eagle. And like some of the stuff they're like, hey, let's just have Eagly do this or hey, let's have him do that. Or let's have him like at the end of the intro, like we'll have him fly in. But then he'll just awkwardly stand there and kind of like loses, you know, kind of like, eh, now what? Eh, like the song's over? Like all these little things that like if they're trying to cut corners, or trying to keep budget down, that's not a gag that needed to be saved. But they let him do it because they just let him have complete and total freedom. And it really makes for a better project. Um, I know what really surprised me is he actually directed and wrote the entire thing, apparently during quarantine. He, um, when he was done with Suicide Squad, he's just like, I need something to do. So he just wrote this show. So every episode has his fingerprint on it. He directed all of them. It's just, it's a really fun time. And I know I'm just gushing about it, but like going in with zero expectation really helped because it, it's just, it's just fun. Like, I don't know how better to describe it. It's not, it doesn't take itself super seriously, but it does have some emotional beats. It addresses some social issues. It does like the whole, you know, much like Suicide Squad kind of did. Um, but it just feels like it's just probably the best thing HBO Max has put out. Maybe one of the top things HBO has put mm. out in terms of um, just like embracing what it is. It's not like, you know, peak TV or like the golden age of television or prestige television per se, but it's very comfortable in the skin it's in and it just rides with it and rolls with it and it's great for it. So, so that's kind of my trying to keep it super vague peacemaker spiel. Of course, because I have to keep it so vague, I have to also keep it kind of short. Yeah, watch Peacemaker. Yeah. Cool, and I believe today just got picked up for a second season? Yes, it got picked up, I think, six hours before the finale. So, I don't know how I feel about that, uh, but you know what? If James Gunn is happy, I'm happy. That, that he, That's a good dude right there. apparently will be writing and directing all of season two as well, which when, if it, oh, when they wow. announced it, I was like, uh, okay, because you know, maybe they give it to some other people because he has another Suicide Squad show also in the works. Um, with another character, which will be announced soon. Um, but yeah, once it was confirmed somewhere, I saw that him, he was saying, oh yeah, it's all him again. I was like, oh, well, okay. And James Gunn, I trust. So sure, let's do it. It's going to have to be a while because I know he's working on Guardians 3 right now. Yeah. So... You know, it's funny. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there was something they had to shoot for Peacemaker and they actually had to do it 
on the set of Guardians 3. Not like on the set, but they used the crew and they used the facility they were in from Guardians 3, like the Marvel team. They were just like, hey, we need to do a quick thing for Peacemaker and did it. Vice versa, apparently, when they were filming uh, Suicide Squad, they had to do a, a casting thing for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and they did that on the set of Suicide Squad. So there's some weird cross Marvel DC thing, but yes, he is he's a very busy man. Peacemaker, yep. watch it according to yes. Jason. All right, let us uh, spin the wheel again. Arp, you had anything more to more to nope. say? Nope. I mean, there's nope. so much I want to say that's that spoilers, but I will bite my tongue. Oh, and the wheel just landed on the fox and the hound. Oh man, no, Jason won. So the fox and the hound. I've never seen this movie. Really? Huh? Never seen it. There's one of my favorites as a kid. Actually, I don't, I don't know whether to be surprised or not because I don't know whether you, you know, actively tried to watch Disney movies or if it was just kind of a thing that, you know, you just watched if they were presented to you. They wash over him. Uh, I think I've seen the sequel, the like oh direct to video sequel. But I'm sorry, never the original. <laughs> I'm sorry for your uh, not lost, but I mean I don't remember anything about it, so. Yeah, I think it was like a pre-sequel. It just takes place like before the movie. Well, yeah, because the first movie like doesn't leave it open for a sequel, basically. But they managed to make, you know, just like they did with the Tarzan movie or those other ones. But yeah, I love this movie. And I remember, I mean, we got it. We watched it all the time on VHS. I mean, this movie is, I think Disney's second movie ever, like after Snow White, and that was like in the 1950s. So this was like, you know, it's it's really really old, and yeah, I mean, you think like I seen it Wait, so Andrew, many sure times. About that? I thought it came out in the 80s. Definitely not in the 80s. No way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it came out in like the early 80s. I mean, you could check. I okay. I mean, definitely <laughs> check. I mean, might as well. I mean, you can keep talking while I sounds check, like right? a challenge. July tenth, nineteen eighty one. Ninety eighty one. Damn. All right. I thought it was a lot older. I guess not. I know. I, I get but what you mean, though. The baby. animation style has kind of the early Disney, like, not shaky look, but I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on top of that, it's also like extremely short. Like, it almost felt like they were kind of struggling to make sure that, like, it actually fit in the, like, it seems like they barely had enough footage to, like. You know, he'd make it a theatrical or consider a theatrical release. I don't know how often that was a a big concern for them. But point is, you know, nice quick story. Very little stuff except for like some segments where like they're chasing a little caterpillar. But I guess because I watched this movie so many times, I thought it wouldn't have the same emotional punch that I thought it would. I think for a while I would say that Aladdin and Lion King kept kind of fighting for my favorite movie spot. This one always felt like, you know, a special tier where it's like, all right, I really love this one too, but probably not as much as Aladdin or some of these modern ones. But nope, definitely easily my favorite one. I don't think any Disney movie has kept me at such an emotional state for as long. Actually, almost any movie in general. And a lot of it definitely has to do, obviously, with nostalgia because, you know, you kind of know what's coming and... Yeah, it doesn't really pull any punches, but damn, like I just, I I don't really, especially if you haven't seen it, I just kind of recommend it. Um, I don't know if it'll have the same impact as you, but I just love that the story is just about, without sounding cliche, just about friendship, just about 
the reality of things, for lack of a better term. You know, it kind of has a sweet, sour ending. It's not necessarily a happy ending. It's not necessarily a sad ending. It just kind of is. And, yeah, definitely, definitely recommend it. But, I don't know, just wanted to bring up this movie that just, again, I guess it really means a lot to me for sure. Probably water-eared the whole time. This is how much I liked it. I still do. Probably like it more now than before. But yeah. On Disney like Plus, it. I assume? Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Yep. Is With. the sequel on Disney Plus, though? That's the. <laughs> Hold on, let me check. Yes, it is. I just the say sequel little... is on Disney Plus? Yep. I think all the direct video sequels they've done are actually on Disney Plus now. Ooh. You know, like Lion King 1 and a half and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lilo and Stitch 2. Stitch has a glitch. It's on there. Sister Act 2 is on here, too. Sister Act. Yeah, they're both here. Interesting. I didn't know that uh, Disney owns Sister Act. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I was going to say, did you know, Ken, when you built your little roulette wheel of topics that we were actually doing a secret speed round of topics? Because we're we're going through these really quick. Uh, There's there's one or two that I think that will might go a little long. Mm, Yeah, uh, Yeah, in that case. Yeah. Let's spin the wheel again. Hell yeah. We're talking Demon Slayer, baby. Me and you, Angel. This is where you'd zone out for a while, Jason. Yep, I'll be uh, reading up on the stem player. No, I, I'm, I'm here listening. Uh, Angel, Demon Slayer Season 2 ended on this last Sunday? Yeah. Pretty sure it was this last Sunday. What did you think? Damn, I freaking loved it. Such a great season. I love that each season. I don't know. I mean... You know, like, I'm also watching Attack on Titan. I'm watching other animes. You know, we both watch My Hero Academia. But I feel like those seasons don't feel as nicely wrapped as these do. Like, each of these almost feels like they could almost act as, like, their own little series finales. Obviously, like, maybe that's a little extreme of a a take. But, yeah, I don't know. It it just told a nice little story. It was fun. It was action-packed. It production values i mean i thought they were great in season one they felt just as good as not better they almost felt like on par with a the with a theatrical film but damn yeah good pacing yeah this is great this season of demons I, this probably is my favorite season of anime of all time <laughs> like without a doubt uh i watched every episode i it, it did help that i watched every episode with uh with your brother it was like something mm. that i would look forward to every monday night uh, just watching this, and I, uh, I guess if we're, are you going to count the Mugen Train stuff as included in season two? Or no, I, I count this as own season because it had a different intro. Okay, so, so the, we're I go by the intro the, rule, the Entertainment District arc stuff. Yeah, yeah. So because like the train arc literally just had that one new episode and maybe like thirty seconds of new footage. Yeah, spread out throughout it, but. Yeah, yeah, but uh, man, this this entertainment district arc, district arc, right from the get go, I was, I was in. Uh, you know that first episode was like forty five minutes or something like that. It was it was a longer mm. episode, but it it almost acted as this epilogue to the Mugen Train stuff, especially, well, and like slight spoilers, and we will have timestamps if you guys don't care about anime in the description. Uh, so people like Jason could just skip over this. Um, I'm here, just so that, we're clear. I can't. I literally cannot skip <laughs> over this because this is real time. <laughs> All right. 
Um, but yeah, it, I I like how that first episode acted as an epilogue to Mugen Train, especially dealing when he goes when Tanjiro meets up with uh, yeah, Rengoku's brother and his dad, and then you see uh, uh, Akaza meeting up with Muzan, who is now a little boy. So that's like that's his third persona, I guess. So, you know, he's got his his almost geisha like persona that we saw at the end of season one, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we have his like Michael Jackson look, his, uh, <laughs> his smooth criminal, literally his smooth criminal look. Yeah. And now he's just a little boy, which we, we didn't get a lot of moves on this season. I, I think it was, that was literally all we got, right? Just right there at the yeah. beginning. Uh, no, he also appeared to in the flashback, che- right? Well, no, to, to check up on the, on the geisha. He's like, Hey, you can do this. Go kill the, yeah, but I think that was a me. flashback, though. That was a flashback? I could have sworn. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a flashback. Um, the new villains, oh, yeah. Daki. Oh, well, I guess we'll spoil this part. There, there's two villains, uh, really in the season, but the the one that's pretty much seen everywhere is is Daki, who she's this uh this geisha that has been terrorizing the entertainment district, and uh, fun- funnily enough, I guess the actual title to this arc in the manga i think was just called the red light district arc and then for reasons they just decided to change it up to entertainment district which i guess you kind of don't get too much of that it it makes more sense if they would have called it the red light district yeah because it's implied because you know i mean they're literally you know disguising themselves as women into these what are clearly brothels for you know yeah, yeah. To it's, to it's to figure out, there not a lot of entertainment. It was literally pretty much <laughs> just yeah, just brothels. And I guess the uh, oh man, the opening to the season. Uh, yeah, I forget the name. Song. Zankyo Sankai, I think, is the name of the song. Probably my favorite opening of all time as well. The the colors. I oh, man, I redid the setup in my room so that I could uh do that thing that. You might see on TikTok where people put like lights on the back of their TVs and the lights uh-huh. will sync up with the visuals. And oh, you have that now? I'm going to do that just so that I could experience that in my room. Like, because that opening is such a banger and the visuals are amazing with the fireworks and. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the animation, like you said, just stunning. Like, I, I had told you this, but I remember thinking to myself, like, man, how. Like, what is their budget? But then I realized that Mugen Train made half a billion dollars. So, like, of course, that's where all their money's going to be yeah, coming if from. Yeah, they're reinvesting, then it definitely shows that a lot of that money definitely went towards, you know, the show itself. Yeah, the uh, the final battle that happens in the, in the show is probably some of the best-looking animation that I've seen for, like, a TV show. Uh, you know, the, the, the Studio Ghibli stuff does look and animate a little bit better like it's definitely more fluid than it is here but i don't know the animation For here TV, was it's... was above and beyond yeah it's definitely above what you would ever expect but i do wonder if i would have like i mean i obviously liked it but i wonder if i would have liked it more if i had actually been keeping up with it as it was going week by week i do find myself like being way more excited for you know, every coming week of Attack on Titan just because I'm in love with those cliffhangers. But I literally finished the Entertainment District arc, or pretty much I caught up to Auto Demon Slayer last week. 
in two yeah. days. So there were basically cliffhangers didn't exist because even the final episode is like more of a resolution. Like I was pretty much able to see like everything. There was never a, like, oh my God, what happened in the next one? Like I just watched it. And, and to that point, I remember like you were telling me like, oh, like, don't you like love that, that new intro? And I like, I remember liking it, but I also remember that the first intro, um, took me a little while before like I really loved it because I was keeping up with the show as it was coming out at that point. Mm-hmm. And this one, you know, like I maybe heard it like, you know, I guess I heard it those like 10 times, but it was like, it just goes by so fast that I feel like if I had watched it as it was coming out, I probably would listen to that song more times like during the week as yeah. it was still airing, but you know, it definitely would have been way more stuck in my head. I'm definitely listening to it more now. Mm-hmm. So it is like growing on me as I expected, but I mean, yeah, like when did the season premiere? Cause yeah, literally everything for me was like this last week. I yeah, was like, back well, in so December these are the, was the first episode. Damn. Yes, yeah, so I was like, oh, so these are the buff my sibling was talking about. And they oh, were the definitely way more hilarious than I thought they were going to be. Like, just yeah, the fact the, they're always flexing and it was a, being flashy. It was, a, it was a good balance as far as pacing-wise goes because the, the third episode, you can argue, are, are pretty slow. But that's only because the last six episodes before the finale are just like nonstop action and like mm-hmm. once it goes it goes and it just keeps ramping up it it was the same thing that happened with the uh, Mugen train when i remember watching that i remember man the movie could have ended here and i would have been fine but it kept going and then i was like okay the movie could end here and i'd be satisfied and it just kept going and the same thing happened here where you know tanjiro makes the like the initial fight between Tanjiro and and the villain Daki, uh, that ends. But then, spoilers, Nezuko shows up out of nowhere. And then once that fight's over, another fight starts. Once that fight's over, another fight starts. And then another fight starts in like concurrently with that fight that had just happened. And I know one of the main like criticisms that I hear for this season is that there's not really much character development, which makes sense. Uh, yeah, they're barely is it yeah it's more of a straight up mission that they're just kind of going through for sure yeah and i know that's one of the main criticisms that demon slayer just gets overall where it's a it's a very basic anime it's very basic uh you know good versus evil but i don't really care when it looks as good as it does here especially that that final fight with all the colors going you have your you know the the final battlefield is all red because everything's on fire but then you have like you know, the clashes of the swords just sparking blue lights. And then you have uh, Zenetsu, who Zenetsu pops off in this season um, with his uh, with his abilities. And everybody's got new abilities, but Zenetsu's, I think, is the one where you're like, man, I, I just wish Zenetsu was like this the entire time, right? Mm-hmm. Especially his, uh, his uh, essentially his flash moment, which is uh, super, super yeah. cool and visually striking very visually striking for sure there's a there's a lot of uh i feel like a lot of moments in this season where you can like probably pause it and just whatever you have would make like a very good like full wallpaper or desktop wallpaper uh especially that uh that scene of the three main heroes right before they well i'm sure you 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 know which part i'm talking about when they're all screaming yeah, yeah. That I've seen a few people already make that into a phone wallpaper themselves. 
Yeah. Um, man, this this show, I just it's weird because I keep thinking to myself, I don't know how they're going to outdo themselves. But from what I hear from our friends, like they just do. And I'm already like dialed up to 11 with this show. And the fact that it goes even harder than this is insane to me. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty on boss number two, so... Or big one, well, I guess technically three. Yeah, but... because... Well, Andrew I guess technically four because was, of the train, was one of the yeah. twelve. And so, yeah. yeah. And then I remember just... <laughs> but there's spoilers. twelve of them, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, spoilers, but they do defeat, you know, they do defeat the, the big bad of this season. I remember thinking to myself, uh, the leader of the Demon Slayer uh, Corp, he was like mm-hmm. super excited. I was like, man, you're super excited for that. You probably got like a hundred people killed so far, and you barely managed to kill one of them. And hmm. pretty much the main characters are practically dead by the end of the season. It's like, uh, and you still have 12 more to go. So, yeah, kind of to write that mini spoiler train. Um, yeah, as soon as they showed at the end, it's like, oh, I guess Nezuku could just cure demon poison. Oh, yeah, it was and a then, little Deus Maki, Deus and, and Ex Machina-ish. Uh, yeah, like, it didn't bother me too much. If anything, it was more like, it's like, oh, okay, like, I guess it makes sense. You know, they showed her ability was burning, and there's, like, I guess some kind of logic there. But I guess when they showed, I guess, how the poison looks or how it's portrayed on the people, uh, it hadn't hit me at that point. But then when they showed back that leader that you were mentioning and how he's so happy, but he was, like, you know, also coughing up a sudden because the poison has gotten worse on him. Yeah. I was like, oh, he has the exact same marking. He's like, oh my god, they need to, like, get Nezuko over there. Just, like, cure him, and then he could probably go, like, super Saiyan mode on everybody. Because yeah, I guess that's so. literally that's just all that's holding him back. But... Yeah, we'll, we'll see where he goes. Uh, Third season, surprisingly, was... Well, oh, not surprisingly, was announced that will uh, it'll introduce two brand new Hashiras. Well, I mean, we've seen them before, but I, I think it's the, the Mist Hashira and the Love Hashira. Uh, it's Which called the Mist one. Uh, I think it was I the remember... guy that that uh, talks to the Snake Dude. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the Mist Hashira. Uh, and the Love one, I'm guessing, is the one with the green hair. Yeah. Um. So they're going to be the Hashiras for the next season, and I, it's called the Swordsman Village arc. So. That'll be exciting. I was surprised that they didn't do a movie again. I, I thought I thought that's kind of where this show was going to go, where it's you know season movie, season movie. But hopefully that means that we get the season sooner rather than later because I just need more of this. I, I have to stop myself from reading the manga just because I have such a good time watching it unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Demon Slayer season two. Uh, I know everybody is very very caught up on. Attack on Titan, but I'm, you know, I'm having way more fun watching, watching Demon Slayer than I am having uh, Attack on Titan. I don't know how it's you funny. feel. They're they're very different. It, shows. It, yeah, if, if you're saying it that way, yeah, I'm definitely having more fun watching Demon Slayer because you know, like there is like some tense moments, but like for the most part, it's just like, whoa, this is so cool, like flashiness, action, coordination. Attack on Titan, it's like I'm kind of watching it for different reasons. Yeah, it's like it's not the flashiest show. It's just more of like a. It almost feels like Death Note two, of just like damn, just people screwing each other over. Like oh my god, this person. Oh my god, this person. Yeah. Like like oh my god, they're really doing that. Like it. I mean, I'm loving it, but it's 
Yeah, it. I don't know if I consider it fun. It's definitely more of like a like, fun. But yeah, yeah it, it, it's like comparing. I don't know, uh, like Spider Man I... No Way Home to like Schindler's List. <laughs> you know. but, but uh, I don't know if I anyone would go like, yeah, Schindler's List. Oh, that, was, that was a fun film. That was a very fun yeah. movie. But you know, obviously, Schindler's List is going to be a little bit more appreciated than than No Way Home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I don't know. I I can't wait to see where it goes next. It's, I'm sure we will talk. Uh, we will attack. We will talk. Attack on Titan once that's over. Which yeah, I'm not sure how many episodes soon, we have right? left. I mean, if I had to guess, maybe one or two more. But uh, I don't know. It, I've how many been, episodes have been? Five episodes. Uh, it's been like five or six episodes. Really? Yeah. Damn. So I could see like another five or six. Hmm. But uh. Yeah, we'll see how that ends. I I do hear that not a lot of people like the ending to it. Um, yeah, I, mean, I have no idea how they could possibly like wrap this up in a clean way. So we'll see. Yeah, that that's what I don't know. I don't know if it's they don't like it because it's not because it's like a messy ending, or it's just not the ending that they wanted. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. But as far as Demon Slayer goes, they're yeah. they're nailing it. Uh, yeah. And let's spin the wheel once again. What do we get? Boba Fett, get back in here, Jason. I'm back! Sorry, you're going to have to mix that down. I think I said it really loud and close to the mic. Um, It'll be fine. Yeah, Boba Fett. Um, have you guys watched... I have watched... heard not great things about this show. Okay, Angel, what have you heard? I'm guessing your not mainstream source says it's the most amazing piece of television ever. Since I've you... heard... I've heard it's... Um... I've heard most people be a little sour in the beginning, but kind of come around towards the end. Um, okay, yeah. So, neither of you have seen it, right? Uh, no, and no. I've but heard... I, I yeah. have pretty much, I pretty much know everything that's gone on. You have followed the or, discourse, or maybe, or maybe I know what happened in the last two episodes. So, here's the thing about Boba Fett. I think they misbranded it. If they called it. The Mandalorian, colon, the book of Boba Fett, I feel like it would have just worked a little better. Because essentially the thing is that by the time you get to the end of it, um, it is basically a very drawn out episode of The Mandalorian. So The Mandalorian does something that I thought was kind of cool, especially in season one, a little less in season two. Um, but in season one, every single week you were following Mando on his random mission to a new planet or a new place. You learn a bit about the people there and you see how he helps them. And fair warning, there's going to be mild spoilers here as we talk about Book of Boba Fett. Um, I feel like what Book of Boba Fett does is take that exact same – and or sorry, before I get to that. Then season two of Mando does that exact same idea, kind of like a monster of the week, you know, a new place, a new issue. But then they also start bringing in some other characters and other things and start making it more of an overarching story that involves like the broader Star Wars universe as we know it with, you know, like Luke Skywalker and stuff like that. That was from Mando season two. So what Book of Boba Fett seems to do is take that formula from season two of Mando and which built upon season one, you know, like you go somewhere else to do something different um, and just stretch it out into seven episodes or however many it is. And if we were told, hey, this is like an extended Mandalorian episode or like, you know, it's a spin. It's, it is Mandalorian, but sort of not. I feel like a lot of the issues with the show would have kind of gone away because basically the problem I had with it is the first two or three episodes, 
they're trying to explain how Boba Fett ended up where he is through some flashbacks that show him getting out of the pit from, you know, the original trilogy and um, kind of making his way back to his current position as the crime boss of a town in on Tatooine. And, um, you know, there's some of it's kind of interesting. I actually kind of enjoyed the flashbacks. He works with some, like, you know, natives that live out in the desert uh, and, and kind of learns their ways and begins to appreciate, like, not necessarily having to fly solo or be like this independent bounty hunter, but could be part of something bigger. Oh, I see what you did there. Not intentional, but yep. Um, and so that's kind of interesting, but the problem is it moves so slow and you don't really realize what they're going for here and kind of explaining the situation that leads to the second half of the show that it just like, it just feels like it drags. Like it just doesn't, there's no real, like the, the hook is supposedly, oh, Boba Fett is trying to become the, the new job of the hut. He's taking over Jabba the Hutt's place. He's taking over Jabba the Hutt's responsibilities. He is the new Jabba the Hutt. But there's not really any tension there, any, like, actual issue, because they spend so much time in the flashbacks explaining how he got there. And then the modern-day stuff is just like, oh, these people uh, maybe don't respect you yet. How you want to be respected? Oh, I guess we'll go take a trip to the mayor's office. Okay, end of episode. And it just feels really weak, and it doesn't really, like, Mandalorian, when it started, was very clearly like, hey— Mandalorian, you have this baby Yoda to take care of as you go around and try and basically find him his home. And as you go through those trials and tribulations to find him his home, you will also be meeting all these other characters and doing these things and learning more about your own past. This one was like, oh, here's the past of Boba Fett, and uh, I guess there's some stuff you got to do in modern times, but eh, like figure it out. So three episodes in, you're kind of just like, where is this going? It feels like it's kind of meandering. And then they do this pivot. And this is where the spoilers come again. So if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead. But they do a pivot where they just do a whole episode dedicated to Mandalorian, to, to Mando, to the actual Mandalorian. No Boba Fett in it whatsoever. Mando's out on some space base. He does some stuff. He, you know, uh, Grogu makes some appearances. Like, it's full-on an episode of Mandalorian Season 3 in the middle of this Boba Fett thing. And then they start to kind of blend them back together. And by the end of the show, you have Mandalorian helping Boba Fett achieve the goal he needs to achieve in his little town on Tatooine, where he is, you know, doing his best Jabba the Hutt impression, essentially. So if you look at it that way, here's the backstory of this new place and this new person. Granted, Boba Fett's been around, but here's like a new backstory for this character they're building out in a new way. Now here's how Mando intersects it. Now here's a bit of some Mando stuff going on too that's independent, that ties into an overarching Mando story. Now here's Mando helping the guy and moving on to his next planet. If you think of it that way, it is just one giant episode of The Mandalorian. And if they branded it that way, I feel like the re re uh, reception to it would have been better. But because they branded it as here's a Boba a Fett story that's really slow, and surprise, here's Mandalorian, and now, oh, now he's with Boba Fett, and look, they, they did the thing. Like, it just felt very dis like jointed and kind of weird, and it, it would really just... It's like the opposite of what happened with Peacemaker. Because with Peacemaker, you know, I was saying, I went in with no expectations, I was blown away. Here I went with the expectation of, oh, this is going to be kind of Mandalorian, but for Boba Fett. And in the end, it ended up being the Mandalorian featuring in Boba Fett. So, um, yeah, that was kind of the weird thing about it. Um, so when they had Mandalorian, that's the other thing, is the production values, funny enough. When the character man of Mando showed up, the pro production values in those episodes were insanely good. There is some incredible, without saying too much, there is some incredible de-aging CG technology they use at one point 
and it's just like like they 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 almost got over the uncanny valley. It was amazing. But then like the first few episodes where it's just Boba Fett, at one point they have a uh, uh, hover bike chase that's moving so slow it looks like they're on like little rascal scooters or something, and it's I shot saw that. really it looks weird. Terrible. Yeah, it's like I don't understand how that's the same show until again if you think of it as well, this is a vehicle, a starring vehicle for man for Mando, and Boba Fett's just sort of setting. You know, the first two episodes are sort of like setting the scene for when Mando comes in and why he needs to come and help them. Then you're kind of like, okay, so the money went to the main character and this Boba stuff is just kind of the, you know, the the um, act one, so to speak. So again, if they framed it as this is Mandalorian and here's act one with Boba Fett, even the lower budget aspects, even the rascal scooter chase make almost a little more sense. But because that's supposed to be the big draw in of itself, it just made it that much worse that it was a low budget, that that rascal chase was moving like molasses like it just it just really like accented everything that they kind of did wrong if you want to say um in a way that if they sort of folded it into a broader mandalorian story it wouldn't have or if it was a normal episode of mandalorian you know if it was a 5 10 15 minute chunk of a 45 minute episode you could overlook that but because it's all that same pacing just drawn out with those you know budget constraints for those portions drawn out it just made it that much more jarring and you know not quite as enjoyable i guess you could say uh but when they got mando in there when they were like firing on all cylinders it was great and um honestly the the mando only episode i thought was one of the best episodes they've done um with the character like it was it was really cool and they introduced all sorts of new stuff and there's like this new space city and yeah so like it it the creative force behind mandalorian was behind this uh david fioni and john favreau and you know they still know what they're doing but it's just like they got bogged down by the fact that they're trying to do this other show but have it basically be a trojan horse for more mandalorian instead of just saying hey think of this as mandalorian subtitle blah 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 so that's kind of my take on it i i will say um everyone likes to make the comparison that mandalorian kind of is like a video game you know he goes to each mission he's assigned a task he completes the task he gets an armor upgrade or a new weapon or what have you uh, this is like, I think you could look at Boba Fett kind of as when they do those weird DLC expansions where some little side character suddenly has this huge story and you're like, why? Like, this isn't necessary. Um, and it's like kind of similar gameplay, but kind of different. And you could tell it's like a weaker, like they were just trying to like kind of cash in. Like it, it's, it's that, it's that feeling sort of. Um, and it kind of sucks for Boba Fett cause he's a cool character. Like he's always been a fan favorite. He's this mysterious bounty hunter, bounty hunter guy. But the problem is, Everything that everyone was like, what is, but who is Boba Fett? What's his back? You know, what, tell us more about him. They kind of checked the boxes with the Mandalorian series. Like, not that they're the same character, but everything you want to see about these sort of bounty hunter folk, Mando did in for two seasons. So it was, they had to already come in at a weaker point where they had to position Boba as different from Mandalorian in some way that's also interesting, which actually meant removing some of his mystique and hard edge. And then, once they started doing that and started to explain why he's not hard edge anymore, that's where it started to feel kind of like a really long setup to basically Mando showing back up. So it, it it's they're damned if they do, damned if they don't with this one, I think. But um, I really, really do think if they framed it as more of a direct Mandalorian like spinoff miniseries thing and made it clear that Mandalorian's still involved and everything, it might it might have been received a little better. And even then, they probably could clean, uh, sped up the first episode or two. Honestly, the flashbacks didn't need to be as long as they were, as much as I did enjoy them. So, so that's kind of my hot take on Mandalorian and how Disney handled it. Um, 
I do, or sorry, not Mandalorian. See, I'm even calling it the wrong thing. Book of Boba Fett, which should have been Mandalorian. Oh, no, Jason. Um, but I am excited for season three of Mandalorian. And if you are someone who's following Mandalorian and for some reason did not follow Boba Fett, stuff that happens in Boba Fett is directly feeding into Mandal- the next season of Mandalorian. Even the last shot in the Boba Fett show hands you right off to what's going to happen with Mandalorian. So um, you kind of do need to watch it if you want to follow that story. Which, again, from a marketing perspective, Disney, what are you doing? Like, my dad watched Mandalorian. He didn't watch Boba Fett because he thought it was a like, completely independent side thing. Now he has to go back and watch it, but he had no idea. Like, they they really missed an opportunity here, I think, to, to properly present this to people. Yeah, so that that's um. I mean, Boba you Fett. think it being called the Book of Boba Fett would automatically make people want to watch it, or do people just not care about Boba Fett anymore? Well, no, I think caring. I think it would make people want to watch, and the show did relatively well. Actually, Peacemaker outperformed it supposedly on weekly like watching metrics. Uh, you know, like extrapolated data since no streamer actually puts out their own data publicly. But um, and I think th- I think that's what Disney was banking on is oh, if they like Boba Fett, they'll check this out. But the problem was it wasn't really good for the first few episodes like it was so slow and plod and like plodding in the you know that that's that uh hover bike chase and all that like it wasn't doing itself any favors so i don't know how many people either were watching at first and started to lose interest i don't know how many people didn't watch because they heard bad things initially or how many people just were like oh i don't know if i care that much about boba fett himself i'll just stick to the main story like there's all sorts of weird things I feel like they could just sidestep there a little clearer about what their intentions are. Because by the end of the series, you know exactly what they were trying to do and what they did. Like, I don't know what they were trying to hide, per se. And even then, of note, when they do the final episode and, you know, Mando and Boba are doing their thing together and, yeah, cool, it wasn't the strongest finale by any means. Like, anytime Boba's involved, it felt like it dragged down. And when the Mando episodes were there, it was just that much stronger. You know, when Mando's off doing his own thing or whatever. So... Again, I think if they just positioned it as like, hey, this is Mandalorian, and just like a normal episode, you kind of need to get warmed up to what's going on, and then he shows up, and then cool stuff happens, like it would have been easier as someone who is watching it every week. Now that that's kind of out there and known, perhaps the show will be better received from people who watch it later on, knowing where it's going a little. And likewise, um, perhaps if they maybe do a slight rebrand, like I keep saying, uh, you know, like Edge of Tomorrow became live die repeat or something right when they did the blu-ray and that gave it like a little second wind so maybe if they do something like that they can kind of give it a little extra oomph but if you were watching weekly like i was and expecting this thing on the scale of mandalorian it it was it did not have the hook it didn't have the like you didn't really know what the purpose was i mean i guess you're learning more about him but like what is he doing like why do you care like what's his end goal what's the story like it 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 was just slower at least for me and I'm not the hugest Boba Fett fan in the world, like of the character. Like, it's, I appreciate what he is in the in the Star Wars universe, but I'm not like deeply invested in the deeper lore or the canon from the books that no longer are part of the extended universe or whatever. For people who were, there might have been more there. But as someone that's just kind of a more I watch what they put out in live action type of person, which I think represents a good chunk of the audience. Um, yeah, it was kind of weak as you go week to week, at least until Mando showed up. So that's Book of Boba Also, they never say what the book is. I mean, maybe they do, but it's called Book of Boba Fett, and there's not a moment where you're like, aha, the book. Like, I don't recall ever, unless I missed it. Watch, they probably say it in those words, and I completely missed it. Now that invalidates my entire opinion here. But Somebody says, this is the Book of Boba Fett. Exactly, and then they turn to the camera and wink, and then fade to black. 
Meanwhile, Leo's sitting on his couch with his beer pointing at the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a one-off show, have they said? Um, I don't know. That's what's interesting is, like, it's not – I don't even consider these separate seasons. So apparently when they did the production, they actually called it Mando S3 on the slates and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know what they're doing a second Boba Fett, but in this show, just like in season two of Mandalorian, they actually have almost like backdoor pilots for other spinoff shows. So I don't know if Boba Fett, like they're doing a Marvel MCU like crossover thing here. So I don't know if Boba Fett himself will be in a titled thing again, but we are definitely going to see him again. Just like we're going to see Ahsoka and a few others that have kind of come and gone. So, um, it will be... Interesting to see if they do a proper book of Boba Fett 2 or not. But the character for sure is going to keep uh, circling through. I mean, even side characters from last season Mandalorian, like, came back here. So, yeah, it's it's all one connected thing. So, yes, in a way, Kevin, I think there is going to be more Boba Fett. I just don't know if it'll actually be called that. I have still not seen The Mandalorian. I like it. It's it's honestly, I think what it did so well. No, I hear it's great. Yeah, I think what it did well, season two, they started to get a little like, oh, we got to interconnect everything, which, eh. Yeah, just, just watch the last episode, you'll get all... Well, but that's the thing, I don't think that, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you do that, because I think what worked best with Mandalorian is it leaned in on Star Wars as like a Western, because like the whole Star Wars thing was kind of like... That alone, that statement alone just like reassures me that it did the right thing. Wait, what? What do you mean, that it did the right thing? I'm not saying it did oh, the wrong I thing. Just... Hey, you said I'm doing myself a disservice. I felt I did myself even more of a disservice. Oh, oh, you did the right thing. I thought you meant the show did the right thing. No, no, no. Oh, I did the right yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I think like season one I really liked about Mandalorian because it's kind of like a little self-contained mini story in the Star Wars universe. It leaned kind of on the Western trappings of what Star Wars was. It was kind of a monster of the week thing. Season two definitely actually went hard, went like further into Western. The first episode of season two is like full on a Western. And even Book of Boba Fett, um, there's this guy from the animated show that shows up. I'm trying to say too many spoilers, and it goes like full on two dudes standing in a dusty street ready to draw guns at each other. Who's going to shoot first while wearing cowboy hats like type of moment. So they, they still lean on that, but season one just felt the most like the genre of kind of like, you know, it's just like a little spaghetti Western in space type of thing. And that was really fun. And as I started to try and build out a universe, I feel like there's a lot of cool fan service, even in Book of Boba Fett, there's some great fan service. If you're a fan of Boba Fett himself, they explain like the pit and everything and how it gets out. If you, you know, just know the prequels and stuff, there's references to stuff in the prequels and the original trilogy and even some stuff from 789. But there was something kind of cool about just being like a simple story inside Star Wars, which it no longer is. So it it has its pros and cons. But um, whether, whether you like it for Angel's purpose of watch the last episode of season two and you'll see all the connections or whether you like it because it actually told you showed you a different side of the universe for a while like they did a good job with it either way yeah so well that was the book of boba fett mm-hmm. it was not recommended or would you recommend it i would recommend it uh for the back half and i would recommend it if you have any interest in keeping up with mandalorian or the broader live action star wars disney plus tv universe simply because it's all interconnected and stuff that happens here you're gonna want to know then which which is uh you know that's how disney makes the big bucks they do it with marvel <sighs> well they can't all be winners <laughs> it's not i might be too hard on it i don't know but it's it's uh it's worth it for the mando stuff can't you just skip everything and just watch the mando stuff 
Actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, you could skip to like episode five and six and be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. So if you don't care about Boba Fett, like go look up which episode is the one and it's quality television, quality Star Wars television, that one episode. Two, really, cool, actually. Cool. Yeah. And finally, uh, last and least for today's episode, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Oof. <laughs> no, why I watched that movie. I don't know why it was made. Money. I do know why it was made. Yeah, money. Yeah, of course, money. Money is usually the answer to everything. Yeah. But yeah, it exists. And I actually paid, I don't know, like four bucks, $3.99 to, to rent it. Wait, what? You didn't just stream? Oh, you rented it. Why would okay. you? Well, I streamed why? it. I streamed it. I was just curious. And I was just really bored. I just felt like watching something and. So I've heard mixed things about it and full spoilers for this because this movie does not deserve to have its integrity. Can, can I just ask can I just ask a question protected. before we even get Angel, did you choose to watch the first one too? So are you have you chosen to watch both or are you just like I'm gonna jump in and see what left there? Did you want Carnage? Did you just want total chaos and just you started? I, was, I, I, I never saw I never saw the first one. Okay, so you're coming in without any context just, of the tone of what you're about to watch. I had context. I knew what the movie's deal was. I've seen enough clips to feel like, yeah. Okay, I, okay. I feel like I saw this movie already. Because I feel like going and in without any of that would make it so much better slash like, worse. I feel like I just wanted to watch Venom. And I I mean, I didn't love it, but I was definitely entertained. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a good compliment I could give it. I was entertained. So, wait, was that the whole thing? Are you done? That was it? Yeah, I was entertained. That being said, this movie's a pile of shit. Uh, <laughs> wow, the, first the difference movie in also opinions sucks. here. The first movie also sucks. The The first movie is a is a goddamn travesty of... Oh, and you, you did do yourself a favor by skipping the first movie. Um, I wouldn't say that this movie's any better, but they are just... I... I didn't voluntarily watch this movie. I do this thing with with Elvis where we will watch a movie and every fourth trailer we have to see that movie in theaters. I, I forgot what movie we were watching and then I remember he said that he was like, alright, next trailer is the one that we have to watch. I remember saying, I really hope it's not Venom and then it starts and it's Venom. <laughs> Also, that and sounds I like a really fun little game to do, like Russian roulette oh, with no, movie no, no, trailers. No. It, yeah, it, it seems fun, right? But then you have to watch movies like Venom, and the <laughs> next movie that we have to see is Ambulance, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, directed by Michael Bay. I have to see that oh, movie. I would never you, watch that movie. You mean the one where they're trying to tell people it's in L.A. by slowly fading out every other letter in the word ambulance and then slamming together the L and A like they're super clever? That one? Yeah. Yeah, wow. I got to watch that one now. Yeah. Have fun with but that. This movie, this movie sucks something else, man. There's a, I don't know if you caught it, Angel. There's a scene where the detective goes to Tom Hardy's place and he's telling him about the case. And then just in the middle, he looks at the TV and he goes, nice TV. And then continues to talk about the case. And is the TV really product placement? The TV is a Sony Bravia. Of course it is. 
this movie mm-hmm. is a Sony. Oh, what's what's the universe called? This it's called like Sony's universe of Spider-Man movies or something. Sonyverse? No, no, no. It's it's the not Sony that quippy. It's like seven like letters. The acronym. It's like the Sony Spider Verse of Spider People by Columbia Pictures. Like some ridiculous. It's like a really bad name, and they rebranded it because it's yeah, so it's, bad. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I never really care about product placement, but that one was just so egregious to me. And the, they had the box. They they kept the the, the Sony Bravia box out so that you could see, hey, that that's a Sony TV right there. That that and the characters are saying it's a good TV. It must be a good TV. There's so many things <laughs> wrong with this movie. Let's. There's a scene where Venom and not Venom and Tom Hardy. Venom goes to like an underground rave. Yeah, it's like underground Mardi Gras or something. And there's like some allusions to Venom coming out. Why? I have heard that there's like a very like LGBTQ friendly vibe to this movie. I mean, th- this movie is a, is a romantic comedy in a sense. Uh, I don't know if that was the vibe that they were going for, but it's not a very good romantic comedy <laughs> if that were the case. Uh. There is, like, two set pieces of the movie, and that's when Carnage orig- originally comes out, like, his his big debut. Oh, never mind, there's three. And there's one where Woody Harrelson, in one of the worst hair pieces that I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Oh, God, that wig, or whatever it is. Well, it's funny, because he starts with, like, a wig that doesn't look great, but it's not bad. And then his character decides to shave off the sides, and it's the most hideous thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, why I'm they Googling just didn't this keep right now. Woody Harrelson bald is insane. Oh, if you think that's bad, he actually had it worse. Look at the uh, the uh, mid-credit scene to Venom, the original, so that you can see how terrible his wig in that in that scene was. It's worse. He looks like uh, what's that one uh, guy from The Simpsons? Sideshow uh, Bob. Sideshow Bob. No, the one that's trying to kill. Oh, yeah, kill Bob. Bart. Oh, is that Sideshow Bob? Yeah, yeah. Sideshow Bob. He looks like Sideshow Bob. He looks exactly like Sideshow Bob at the end of the first uh, Venom. Also, um, side note, my brain is completely corrupted because typing Venom, I automatically wrote uh, Venmo three times in a row trying mm-hmm. to write Venom. So The only good right. thing that that Let There Be Courage has over Venom is that this one at least doesn't have a terrible Eminem song attached to it. <laughs> Wasn't it That's, supposed to? Oh, I seem to remember him teasing that, there would be one. So so he is on the track that they did for this movie. Now that I remember, no, this track is actually terrible because there is a part where Eminem is rapping and he says something along the line uh he says something along the lines of this is just as bad as nine eleven or so, something like that. And then in the background you hear something crash into like glass. Huh. As of like yeah, it's huh. oh god, I, we haven't talked about the movie too much. Uh, Tom Hardy he gives it his all. I've always hated this portrayal of Eddie Brock. I think it's terrible. I think he's he, the accent that he does is is just so so bad. It's just so bad. I feel bad because I know he likes he loves doing the character, and apparently he wrote this movie too, which Tom Hardy should stop writing movies if that's the case. <laughs> The one he thing also did the voice of Venom, right? 
Yeah, so if you do, watch like the voice the, of Venom, don't they just that. pitch him down and put a reverb? Maybe so but, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what sounds, they did. It sounds but, like how I imagine Venom would sound. But in the first movie, he sounds very, very sinister. In this movie, <laughs> he sounds cartoony. He sounds cartoony. I'm assuming that's because, for some reason, people like the first Venom movie. And you know what? I wish I also liked that movie. Because Venom is a cool character. But I just don't like that movie. I'm assuming they saw what a lot of people liked about the first movie, which was like this sort of camp quality that it had to it. And they just said, let's just do that for the second movie. Right. But I can only take so much. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a there's like a twist in the middle of the movie that I just did not care for. It's uh, no, like I said, we're gonna spoil the entire entire thing out of this movie. But the detective uh, at the beginning of the movie, like incarcerates uh, Woody Harrelson's character's girlfriend, and he like shoots her in the eye or something, and then we like everybody assumed that she was dead except except for the the audience because we are shown that she is alive. And then that detective is then the detective that Tom Hardy's been working with is revealed to be the person that shot shot her back in the day. And it's supposed to be this dramatic reveal, but it's just it just doesn't work on any level. Yeah, this it's movie kind of like who cares? It's like it's like they really just wanted every character in that movie to have like a counterpart because you know Woody Harrelson has Tom Hardy, Venom has Carnage, and I guess the girlfriend needed someone because I guess they were feeling like a fourth wheel, fifth wheel. So I don't know how you felt about it, but I assume I was under the the assumption that Woody Harrelson or Cletus Cassidy had Carnage with him before he had ever met uh, Tom Hardy's character, Brock, Eddie Brock. That isn't the oh. case. I could have swore that that was going to be a thing. No, he's just a regular dude hmm. that that happens to get Carnage because he, like, he what did he do? Oh, he bit Eddie's, yeah, like, he hand. And he tasted his blood. They go, that, that's not blood. Yeah, that's not blood. Oh, yeah. Not to mention, in that scene, it's, like, Cletus is in a cell and right outside the cell are two guards and they just don't see him being like thrown around by a black tentacle that's coming out of Eddie Brock. There's so many leaps of logic in this movie. I And I I do not care for stuff like this. I will watch all the Fast and Furious movies and not give a single crap about the leaps of logic in this movie. There's something right. about these two movies that is just so horrendous. That they just do. I feel like they didn't care about making this movie at all. You know what and I then, find the yeah. most amusing about this whole thing? So, on our outline for this episode, it said Venom, let there be carnage, parentheses, angel. He said approximately one sentence, and for the last 10 <laughs> minutes, it's been you tearing it apart, which it sounds like it's well deserving. It's just super funny. Uh, if, you watch, if you watch No Way Home, well, I guess I won't spoil that part of No Way Home. Uh, I guess I, I, I guess by spoiling, did. I guess by spoiling this movie, I will spoil No Way Home. I remember, I remember the the after credit or the mid credit scene of this movie, where Eddie Brock gets transported into the the MCU, and I remember looking at Elvis and going, "Please, please not like this." 
I was in such pain watching Eddie Brock be transported and Venom by extension being transported into the MCU. And they went with the best case scenario in No Way Home, mm-hmm. which I was so, so glad that they did. Um, this movie sucks. <laughs> and, and as always, this is all my opinion. I've, my opinions are always crap anyways, but this movie, this movie sucks. The, I, I, you know, you know what? I will object. I will say that this movie is objectively bad, but of course you can always enjoy anything that's objectively bad. I think the first movie is also objectively bad, but uh, Angel is entertained. Angel, yeah, yeah like I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, it's definitely a bad movie. Like, there's no redeeming qualities to it being a bad movie. But I didn't find it boring. It was stupid, and I was definitely going like, like oh, really? It's but, saving grace. Ninety, but I wasn't long. bored. I just wasn't bored. So I was like, like, all right, like it achieved the goal that it was. I mean, yeah, like I said, I was bored and it entertained me. So yeah, it, that at least I gave it like some favor. Like, I mean, yeah, like I always said, like the, or I feel like it's kind of a, a thing I like, like the worst thing a movie can be is boring because at least if you really dislike a movie, you know, it's still memorable in that sense. And we wouldn't have gotten the entertainment value that we got from Kevin just now. Seriously. So. <laughs> And I've heard yeah. Kevin's thoughts on Venom multiple times, and I never grow tired of it. It's always a delight to listen to. Always. His pain is our gain. I don't I don't know how they salvage this character. I honestly don't. They don't. His... I think that's what um oh, without spoiling God. anything, I think that's what your comment about how they brought him into the MCU and found a way to bring him back out. I think that was the extent of it. They're gonna let him be this weird campy thing for those who want it, and then that's it. That's there is guess. a third movie in development. Yeah, yeah, and it'll continue well, to be campy, um, and they'll lean harder on this ridiculousness, and they'll make a ton of money because people like Angel spend four dollars on a rental to quote be entertained. But um, yeah, no, it's not gonna. He's not gonna. There's not gonna be a bigger plan for him. I don't think at this point. And I think they signaled that with how they handled his MCU uh, dip in and out. There's there's this third movie in development, and in the first movie, it was Venom versus a, a symbiote. This movie was Venom versus a symbiote. It is strongly implied that the next movie will be Venom versus a symbiote. I don't understand their fascination with this. I, and it's, it's going to be the detective character because his eyes like turn green or something. And you know so they're, they're gonna, just going with another one. And you know they're going to market it like the end of the epic Venom trilogy of symbiotes or something. Like they're going to lean in on the <laughs> fact that it is three of a kind, like three of a set, like it's part of a a trilogy you never knew you were watching is now completing, which is always funny to me when they're at the end of the but, epic know. saga, and you're like, I didn't know this was a saga. You guys just kept making sequels, but now you're like retconning it to be like, a saga? Okay. I mean, all it's going to take is for them to make it a specific symbiote from the comic that has a name. I don't know if the one in part one had a name, but it's my understanding it that... It was called Riot. Riot? Oh, okay. I think that is one that actually exists. But definitely not one people care about because people, you know, they actually care about Carnage. So I feel like it's like Carnage turned a blind eye on this one. And toxin because it's Toxin being respond. Being yeah. like they're, they're, which I'm assuming Toxin is going to be the next one. Because why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I, I will say yeah. to Venom, let there be Carnage's credit. The billboards, the logo, all the marketing material, all the like graphic design work they did for the this name, thing. The subtitle's pretty the good. The name's pretty good. But all the graphic design work and how they presented that logo and everything really spoke to the type and quality of movie you're about to get. 
Like the Photoshop was like, yep, this is Photoshop. The logo is like, look at this gritty, cool, sh- like font. Like it's all scratchy looking. Yeah, this is intense. Like they were leaning in on the camp, even with the marketing. So it's not, I hope no one out there was like, oh, this is going to be like the golden age of cinema right here. And then watch this. Like they, they do seem incredibly self-aware. Which does help, I guess, soften the blow of it for some folks. Clearly not for you, Kevin, but for some folks. This movie, and uh, I remember the uh, the kind of funny guys talked about this movie. Well, I mean, they do their interview series. But I remember thinking, I, I agreed with them on a lot of things. But they brought up the travesty of a poster that this movie has. Where, if you're looking at the main poster, uh, you've got... Venom and Carnage, one one's on the left, one's on the right. But Tom Hardy is on the Carnage side, and Woody Harrelson is on the Venom side, and Carnage is on the poster twice. <laughs> really? And then on top of that, you know how title cards are supposed to be hype, yeah, for superhero movies. This one has the most boring one, where I, if I remember correctly, it was just the scene of the cop shooting uh, Cletus's girlfriend. And then it just slowly fades to black. And then Venom, Let There Be Carnage, just, is just shown on the screen. It's so... <laughs> and, and that's indicative, really, of this entire movie. Just how bad it is. I Oh, oh it makes me so angry that, that they made a sequel to Venom. And now this is getting a third movie. And Sony just... And now they're making that Morbius movie, which looks like absolute crap. It's been delayed five times already. Just put that out on digital because no one's going to see this movie. Did you see Just the new poster to, for it? To, to Marvel at this point. Did you see the new poster oh, the, for Morbius where they oh, say like the awful. birth of an epic new Mar- – I forgot the word. It's like the birth of a new Marvel epic or something. It's like don't don't drag Marvel's name into this. I mean I know it's a Marvel Jared property, Le- but like don't you, don't you dare make this seem like the MCU. Come on now. This is Vampire Batman. Like no. Jared Leto is just box office poison I feel like. So – well, maybe not box office poison. He is more critical poison because he's sucked in every single uh, superhero movie that he's been in. He was in uh, oh Suicide Squad. Let's not forget about that. Bad, yeah, that was DC. Don't just limit this to one comic book company. Two of them. He was <laughs> absolute garbage in that movie. Uh, his scene in uh, Zack Snyder's Just Sleek. I also hated him in that. And then I'm pretty sure he was in another like superhero movie. I don't remember. I don't remember either. By the way, the tagline is for Morbius as of about a week ago. A new Marvel legend arrives. No, it doesn't. No one knows who Morbius is in the grand. Marvel legend is like, I don't know, someone of Iron Man caliber or like Captain America. To be fair. Not freaking Morbius. To be fair, Iron Man was a C-tier character. That's true. When that movie came out. That's true. A better example but, would be like... But also, to be fair, Morbius is like an F-tier character. It, I don't even um, think he's F. I think he's somewhere in like the low, like Q or P, maybe R. No, people just remember Morbius no. for he, he, him being in the Spider-Man, uh, yeah, he's in like the Spider-Man a major, 90 show. He's definitely a major issue villain. I mean, I, I know plenty of people that are big fans of Morbius from the comics. But like, I, I, am I wrong that this isn't much different than being like, Electro, the movie. Um, no. You think I'm wrong? Because I used to watch the Marvel, like the Spider-Man 90 show, and I don't remember Morbius making that big of a dent in my mind. Neither did Electro, for that matter. 
or like Sandman, the movie. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't think any of us are the right ones to really answer that. No. I feel like we'd have to ask someone that actually like watches Spider-Man. But if I had to, I guess, compared to like Ninja Turtles, he'd probably be like mm, somewhere between Baxter Stockman and Leatherhead, which probably means nothing to you guys. Exactly. But, I was like, I, I don't know who you're catering that analogy to, but not us. <laughs> oh, fine. I, I guess I guess if it's a Mario villain, there we go. I I guess they'd be damn. They're really charging Chuck. They have a, yeah, charging. Well, charging have a Chuck. Lot of, uh, actually, that's a good one because charging Chuck they started to bring back in the games, like he's in Mario Party more and stuff. So. Yeah, and you know, people know of Charging Chuck. He's not really the main one, but you know, he's around. Fun fact: he's Charging the Chuck's he's the outfit is the color scheme of our championship Los Angeles Rams champion winning I'm sure champion. That's a coincidence. Of course, the Rams. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, I don't know if you heard. They changed the Hollywood sign to say Rams House. It's the most slapped together sad attempt at rebranding the Hollywood sign I've ever seen. Vandals made it look better to, when it said Holly uh, Weed than the city of LA could do with a budget to say Ram's House. Like, look Wait, at they really got rid of Hollywood? They oh, they covered it up with Ram's House for a couple of days in celebration of the win. And I'm not a big football person, by the way, but it's kind of cool our city won. Um, but yeah, they just like threw a tarp over it and it's like impossible to read. And it took them two days to do, but it's only there for two and a half days. So like, it it's just, I don't know what they were thinking it looks really janky look up some photos it's it's kind of sad it's the venom let there be carnage of rebranding uh landmarks let's uh let's go through a list of sony projects sony spider-man universe projects that's that's what it's called that's sony not Spider-Man that bad of a name actually sony Spider-Man that's not universe. that's not bad yeah. the ss wait ssmu ssmu the sesamu the sesamu the smu yeah you know, well, like, he says Sony Spider-Man Universe projects. Isn't that just SSUP? Well, he's saying the projects of the Sony Spider-Man Universe. Yeah, but where's the M? Sony SMU. Spider-Man? Spider-Man Man? Universe. SMU with two S's. So a long S, like a SMU. Sony Spider-Man movie projects? All right. What? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I think you just added words. Um, yes? A, a brand new a brand new Venom. God save our souls every day we stray further from god's light that's one that's one of the spider-man movies that's coming up wait there's a movie uh, called venom Web. every day we stray further from god's light because that's that's a good stuff i would watch i would watch the crap out of that movie right i yeah absolutely uh as far as confirmed movies it's uh oh craven the hunter i totally forgot about that I did too. Which, they they keep doing this. They they keep making movies based off Spider Man villains. Because they can't do the hero. He's over with the MCU, so they gotta settle on these villains. Yeah, but Spider Man has friends. <laughs> he's, got, he's got he's got super friends. They, there was literally a show called Spider Man and Friends. That's yeah, true. That's true. Amazing friends. They should just make a movie called And Friends. It's just all the other guys. Uh, Madam Web. Which why? I don't understand why they have to make a Madam Web movie. Do you remember Madam Web? Barely. She sat on a chair, right? Yeah, she sat on the chair. She was like the old lady that sat on the chair. But this one is being played by Dakota Johnson. That's an interesting choice. Oh, they just announced that like two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, Olivia Wilde apparently has a has a uh, has a movie contract with Sony and to direct or to star. Yeah, to direct. I she might star. I don't know. 
I mean, Booksmart yeah. was a fun movie. She's a pretty good director. I could I could get behind that. Yeah, I remember there you there was a Sinister Six movie in development by mm-hmm. the guy behind uh, Cloverfield and Cabin in the Woods. See, I could get behind that too. But again, villains. Yeah, but the the, the talent directing it could make or break it in a lot of cases. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Considering that he was behind Daredevil and that first season is, is very very good. Uh, I think there is a Silk movie in development, but I'm not too sure. But Silk would be a very cool Spider-Man character uh, to make a movie out of. Uh, I believe she is the first... No, I'm, I'm, at that point, I'm just talking out of my ass. Never mind. <laughs> I'm pretty sh- uh, but I'm pretty sure she's an Asian-American character. Yeah, her name's Cindy Moon. That's right. She'd be a really cool character to see. Um, But yeah. I, I will say, we are making fun of Sony for doing these choices, but No Way Home just became the third highest grossing movie in U.S. box office history, surpassing Avatar. So they are doing the right business move here, even if it's the spinoff characters. Even if you get a fifth of the third biggest box office domestic Well, gross. No Way Home is actually good. Yeah, no, but my point is so. like, they can ride the coattails of that for a good while. They have the camp with Venom. They have the positive buzz with Spider-Verse. They have the success of No Way Home. They can ro- they can get three or four bad movies out and dupe enough people to make a ton of money before they kind of, you know, leave dry up that well. So, from a business perspective, I don't fault them. If any of them happy to be good, that's just you know icing on the cake, really, as far as they're concerned. I'm sure that's the cynical, yeah, capitalist take on the situation. But that's probably what's driving a lot of these choices. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah, I, as I, as I've said. Pretty much everything, if everything is done, pretty much everything nowadays is just done with for money. You and, know, and the, you know, that, that first Venom movie, I think, made like $800 million, which, why? Which is crazy. And what's even more interesting is kind of along this line, there seems to be, if because you know at the top I was making that kind of like there's so many media announcements, like so many projects at Paramount and all these other things and you know stuff like Rescue Rangers and three new Transformers and a Blue's Clues movie that combines all the Steves into one story, which what? They're doing the Steve universe or whatever their names are. You know, the the guys that sit with Blue. Anyway, point is. Well, I mean, they always existed within the same universe. Right, but they're all like, like true, yeah, true. They literally just went to college. All right, fine. Well, they're teaming up and it's cross campus, I guess, right. whatever. An inner campus universe. Um, but the thing that someone made this point online, I don't remember where I saw it, but it's actually a very good point. Because of everyone in this arms race for streaming and just getting their properties out in front of you as much as possible. There is zero concern about damaging your IP like there used to be. If you can get the eyeballs on it as a streaming thing, they could put a feather in your cap and be like, here's another thing we have exclusively on Paramount Plus or exclusively on whatever. It's a win. Doesn't have to be the best quality. If it's something that you'll just watch for free, sure. If it's something that like Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Angel, you were entertained, quote unquote, sure, that's good enough. But before, in the 90s and the early 2000s and 2000s, um... They had to actually try and hit a certain quality level because if they didn't, that would kill the franchise. But now they could just be like, oh, no, now we're doing a throwback thing instead. Or, oh, no, we have this other new thing that we're now reviving instead. It's just like it's just like this constant churn of like different old things. As long as they can keep you subscribed, it doesn't really matter if the thing is a good idea or a bad idea. As long as it's an idea, it's probably going to get made now, which is really weird to think about because it's all about like quantity at this point just to – out maneuver each other on streaming platforms because there's no inventory issue 
There's no like, oh, there's only so many theaters you can go sit in. Streaming's endless. However much you want. So any idea you want to make a cat dog movie, but instead of being a cat dog, it's cat dog emu and there's now an emu attached? Sure. Why not? You'll get a couple thousand views and people will ride that nostalgia into it and stay subscribed until you do, I don't know, the Hey Arnold third movie or something. So like it's just – it's weird how like because of streaming, we're like pivoting towards stuff like Sony being like, we'll just throw every character in, whatever. Different people will like different ones and it will all work out and we'll make a ton of money. So it's it's a weird – it's kind of a weird time as a fan of something to just see like they just throw everything against the wall now. That's my hot take on that. that it's I, not that hot. But that I borrowed from someone no. else on the internet. So it's definitely not hot. It's like barely lukewarm. Yeah. It's a little cold of anything. I would say it's cold. It's I mean it's cold and that snarky. I'll give you that. So we're not snarky but jaded. So, Well, Angel, anything else you want to say about that movie? Um, no, but I guess while we're here, I might as well just say that I do not hate how the turtles look in the concept art. Oh, for the I Seth Rogen movie? Yeah, I mean, they are definitely leaning hard on the teen aspect. I don't know why Donatello has, I mean, why Leonardo has braces. Um, he's a teenager. Sure. I guess it's like, he's a teenager, so I guess he has to have braces. And, yeah, no, I don't hate it. It, it seems like it could look cool. I actually kind of hope the movie looks like that, but I have a feeling it won't. But we'll see. We'll see. We will see. And I think that will wrap us up tonight. Unless you got anything else? I just want to point out that we went, if you look at the trajectory of this episode, from such highs of, oh, I love this thing, to such, like, we, if you map it out, we went from, like, this is great to <laughs> this sucks. Movie. <laughs> yeah, like, it was like a steady decline. Like our 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 mood went from really like yeah <laughs> to really like what <laughs> like it was there's definitely a, a path we went down this episode even though yeah, you had no, a roulette wheel even though it's supposed to be random the, yeah that's the power of the rule yeah there's definitely a set linear path that just occurred hey man that's the power of the roulette wheel I guess so yep 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 and with that that'll do pig uh, where's that where's that quote from that'll from do babe. pig it's from babe oh, what from babe. Oh, the, the movie where the the pig the of, becomes the sheepdog. The movie also, about I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen Babe. I've seen Babe Two, Ping of the City, though. There's oh. the first one. Um, watch the first one, or I'll just make you watch it at some point. Yeah, we add that to the growing list of movies. That you Seriously, Kevin, you're gonna go over yeah. sometime and just not be able to Roger leave for like three straight days. So many movies you have to watch. I can't. Can, Roger I, Rabbit. Yeah, Babe. Roger Rabbit and Babe. I can't. There's another one. I don't know if Babe will hold up as well. Fox and the Hound. I, oh, Fox and the Hound. Oh, yeah. He's going to strap you to a I, chair, pry your eyeballs open. You're going to have to watch all these movies back to back. I like Babe, but style. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know if it aged well, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I guess we will see. But, uh, it was directed by a famous director, though. Damn, I wish I knew something. It was by uh, George Miller, who went on to. George Miller. Yeah, who did Mad Max. Really? Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. And Happy oh. Feet. And Happy Feet. He is an eclectic man. You, know, you gotta hit both markets, right? Yeah, you gotta yeah, hit he's... the, gotta hit the ki- the the kids. Then you gotta hit. Uh, don't hit the kids. You gotta. You gotta appeal to the uh, the older demographic. But uh, yeah, that'll do it for us. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Random Nintendo individually. Jason is at JSR Seven. Mm-hmm. Angel is at Wero underscore O. W-E-I-R-O underscore O and I am at Kevin Gomi. Uh, you're already listening to us on one of the many podcasting apps that are out there. 
if oh, you can rate us on Spotify now. Mm. Do that if you can. You don't have to, but it helps us out. Can we expand we like that? that? Rate us wherever you may be. Just Spotify. The the other things are irrelevant. Eh, Apple Podcasts little, is still just, somewhat relevant. Apple Podcasts is, is fine, I guess. That app still kind of sucks. I mean, it gets the job done, but... And, and to be clear, when I say rate us wherever you can, like, if you're walking down the street listening to us and someone walks by, just tell them, hey, we have Nintendo Podcast, five stars. doesn't matter if they understand what yeah. you're talking about. Just rate us everywhere, literally. Buy a yeah, billboard. that'd be dope. Put it up in your city. And uh, with that, Jason, take us out. I can't top what I just said. I'm, I'm done. That's it. Buy a billboard in your city. Put us on it. Well, thank you with words and nothing else. <laughs>